Welcome to Entertaining a Conversation, the podcast where we always entertain conversations about things that are entertaining. I am your host, Mr. Sir, guys, guys, the very, very first episode, the very first podcast, I'm giddy, I'm excited. I am so ready for this. I have been ready for what seems like six billion years. I think my ancestors have been working on this podcast. So thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your very, very busy lives. Very, very busy day to listen to this. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you like it, if you're uh, done with it and by the end of it, you enjoy it. Please share, like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your siblings, tell your dogs, tell your cats, tell your ferrets, any type of pets. I don't discriminate. Tell anybody. Everybody is welcome to listen to this podcast and everybody should because it's going to be off the charts. We got lots to talk about today, lots to get into. I think uh, we can all agree today is a perfect day to drop this first uh, episode. Yesterday something happened in Hollywood. I don't know if you guys are aware of it. It's a small little thing. It's a small little theater. Uh, they did a ceremony. It was called the Oscars. We're going to talk about it. We're going to delve into it. We're going to see if my predictions were right. We're going to see if they were wrong. We're going to see who got snubbed. We're going to see if the winners were, you know, if, if the winners were justified this year. We're going to see everything. We're going to talk and discuss uh, everything, opinions about the Oscars. Also, we got lots to get into uh, news-wise. There's lots to, lots that happened last week in the movie industry. Birds of Prey came out. I saw it. I will tell you about it. Uh, Knives Out, uh, the, the famous movie by Ryan Johnson that I released last year, has uh, been greenlit for a sequel. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the rumor mill that we heard about uh, for, for that movie. Uh, and in the last step, the last segment is going to be something you guys are going to be really used to by the end of it. It's going to be called mandatory viewing. It's essentially me. I grouped up uh, movies that have something to do with each other or something in common. I have not seen this movie, these movies before. This is essentially like my part where I discover movies uh, and I will watch them and I will tell you guys all about them. This week is going to be a little bit harder to tell you guys in advance uh, because it's the first one, but I'm going to tell you in advance after, at the end of this week, which ones I'm going to be watching next week. So if you guys want to follow along, you guys are more than welcome to do so. Uh, you guys, essentially today, uh, and I mean this in the least offensive way possible, you guys are like um, lab rats. You guys are like laboratory rats where I'm conducting an experiment on for the very first time. Uh, you guys are you guys are being tested on right now. The only difference is if this experiment goes wrong, and I'm sorry to say this, this experiment is not going anywhere. So thank you for the feedback still though. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, the continued support is always great. Uh, without any further ado, let's get to it. We got lots of stuff to get to. Here are the news. Yesterday was the 92nd annual Academy Awards, and boy, was it a doozy. There was lots of uh, surprises, lots of history-making moments, and lots of uh, amazing speeches. We're going to get into it one, uh, one by one. We're going to go in order, see what happened here. Uh, show opened up with a fantastic performance by uh, Janelle Monet, I believe. Uh, it was great. It was fantastic. It was a great way to open the show. I was a bit worried that they would uh, struggle to uh, make this entertaining at all without a host. They pulled through. They did something really, really nice. They had uh, sketches and they had uh, various people present awards. I think it was a very good formula. And I think, honestly, this is the way, the, the way they should go from now on, in my opinion. Like, a host is great, but I feel like it... I feel like... 
you don't give this if, if you can share the spotlight and if you can give it to everybody instead of one single person i feel like it makes everybody better and i feel like it gives a chance to a bunch more people to to, to show what they're 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 capable of doing so i think it's i think it was a good format and i think they should stick to that one uh for years to come now the show started the first category that was in um contention last night was the best supporting actor nominee uh best supporting actor category sorry in my um 10 years of extreme fandom for film and i'm guessing 17 years of passive fandom i have never seen a category and i mean this in every single category i don't mean this just in acting i've never seen a category this stacked if you look at the no if you look at the nominees sorry that that were nom if you look at everybody that was nominated in that category it's a murderer's row you have tom hanks You have Anthony Hopkins, you have Al Pacino, you have Joe Pesci, you have Brad Pitt. Those are five actors that I, as a filmmaker, would legitimately hinge a project onto. Like I would latch onto some, any of those five I would latch onto for any type of film and I'm sure it would deliver. So these are all legends. These are all very, very, very worthy contenders. We only had to pick one. My opinion um, and my feeling was that they were going to go with brad pitt as most people uh, as most award shows went with this year i was scared i was uh, i'm not gonna lie i was scared they were going to give it to someone else but i feel like brad pitt really 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 outshined every single of his co-star in this movie uh in once upon a time in hollywood of course he outshined leo he outshined margot robbie he outshined everybody and uh, i think that in a tarantino movie is worth it's weight in gold so i think brad pitt was the deserving winner i'm happy he won uh and uh this is his first oscar so hopefully the first of many this guy deserves uh, every single award that comes his way um yeah so congratulations to brad pitt congratulations to the other four nominees i i honestly feel like if any of the other four would have would have won this i wouldn't have been angry To be honest with you guys, I wouldn't have been angry if Al Pacino won it. He was great in The Irishman. I wouldn't wouldn't have been mad if Joe Pesci won it. Joe Pesci came out of retirement. It's been 20 years. This guy hasn't acted in 20 years. And he pulls out a performance like this one. He could have won, he could have won it, and I wouldn't have been mad. I haven't seen The Two Popes, but hey, anytime you give it to Anthony Hopkins, you know, I'm not going to be mad. Anthony Hopkins is a legend. Probably one of the best actors living today. So... Yeah, that would have been fine. And Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Listen, it was a great role. I liked the movie. Um, I don't think he would have deserved to win, per se. But if he had, hey, it's Tom Hanks. I'm not going to be mad at that. But no, the red actor won here. Brad Pitt won. Uh, and uh, that, that was my prediction. So one-on-one. -on -one. First, uh, that, that was the first category. Second category, they jumped immediately to Best Animated Feature. Um Toy Story 4 won, as I predicted, uh, it was the highest grossing animated movie last year. Uh, it's part of a franchise that we've known uh, for years, that we've gotten accustomed to. I personally, in the movies that were nominated, I haven't seen them all, admittedly, uh, but I really, and I recommend this to every single one of you guys, I really, really enjoyed I Lost My Body. If you guys are not familiar with it, it's essentially the story of this guy that loses his hand. Uh, he, his hand gets cut and the, the movie mostly is from the perspective of the hand trying to find the body back uh, trying trying to find its body back to, to, to where it was and so, so you have this, this sorry you have this perspective where you see the hand almost like humanized and become a character looking for the body and then you have another point of view which is the, the 
like a guy essentially going through his life and you see the connection in the end it's it's pretty wild guys it's a great movie honestly it was drawn so beautifully uh, it's a french movie i think it, it i think it should have won but i understand why toy story won it was the it was the the it was the critics um It, it was the, it was their their pick. It was their choice. It was their movie. It's a movie they're familiar with, and and I understand not wanting to take a risk on the small guy, um, which you know, I understand it. But then they didn't at the end, so we're gonna get to that. But I'm uh, no, I, I'm I'm not mad. Toy Story 4 one. I think it was the the weakest of the four, uh, but at the same time, I think there would have been. I think even Claws. I haven't seen Claws. Uh, yeah, the, the, the movie, the, the animated movie about Christmas on um, Netflix. But I heard that one was great too. I just think uh, I Lost My Body would have been a great winner for this category. Now we move on and I'm going to skip over the short movies. I'm sorry, guys. I really wanted to commit the, to, to commit to this and go see the shorts uh, and see every single short for every single category so I can really predict every single category. But unfortunately, I didn't have time uh knee deeps in uh, in, uh, pre in preparation for this so um so i'm sorry i'm gonna skip over them but i'm sure that the right pe the right people won or, or or did they i don't know but uh the best uh, yeah, yeah so, so i'm gonna i'm gonna glance over the, the short stuff uh the best original screenplay that was the next category that was out uh this was This was a very interesting category. They had a, they had a lot of great great screenplays this year. Uh, Knives Out was nominated for that category. I think it could have been a great runner up. Uh, I think it could I think it could have won. Marriage Story, great great script. When you consider that uh, every single piece of of every single scene, like every decision to walk there, it, like everything to a T, the blocking the. Uh, the dialogue, every single word, every single step is meticulously written in that script uh, by Noah Baumbach. I think uh, that deserves props. Uh, Marriage Story had a great script, so I think it deserved the nomination. 1917, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the eventual winner, Parasite, which I am so happy about. Anybody who knows me knows how much I love Parasite. It was my favorite movie last year. It's nothing short of one of the best movies I've ever seen. Uh, if you haven't seen it, just, you know, overcome your fear of subtitles and watch it. You're gonna absolutely love it. It's one of the best thrillers ever. I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, for sure. One of the best thrillers ever. Um, and it won best original screenplay and it deserved it. That's what I called Uh, that was my prediction, so I, I was two on two on this one. Uh, and three on three, sorry, with the animated. So, um, 1917 probably had the weakest uh, script in those five. I think it's mostly just a guy running and going through checkpoints, uh, which, funnily enough, I believe it's uh, um, the Screen Junkies on uh, YouTube with the, the Honest trailer that pointed this out. It's just a guy running and meeting checkpoints. And every checkpoint is essentially like a famous British actor. So the first checkpoint is Colin Firth. Then they do the checkpoint to, uh, then they get to another guy and then Mark Strong is there and he greets them. And then like the last checkpoint has Benedict Cumberbatch. So yeah, it's essentially like a Call of Duty game. And then every time you reach a checkpoint, there's a famous British actor. It's great, it's, it's great. No, no, seriously, I'm, I'm knocking the movie a lot, but it was a great, it was a fantastic movie. Not so much on the screenplay though. So I understand why it didn't win. Second uh, screenplay category, that was the adapted screenplay category. So when they adapt a, a script, uh, when they write a script from a book or from a story, or when they adapt it from some, something, that's where it goes. There were lots of uh, potential. There were lots of good, uh, great 
uh, when, the great contenders here, sorry. The Irishman was the first one. The Irishman, and I'm going to say this now, did not go home with any Oscar. Think about that. It did not go home with anything. Uh, <laughs> do what you will with that information. I'm just letting you know. It did not win a thing. Um, yeah, so The Irishman was the first one. Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes. I confidently, confidently um, predicted Little Women would win. And I was kind of shocked that Jojo Rabbit won. Not shocked. I guess Jojo Rabbit has a very, very strong script. I, it's just not my type of movie. It, it was just not my favorite movie of the year, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is a small, it, it, it is a very good script. And they did a good job with it. So Jojo Rabbit deserves to win. I think Little Women could have uh, dethroned it. I think it should have. But, you know, it's just my opinion. Uh, congratulations to Taika Waititi for that screenplay. It was awesome. And uh, his speech was great, by the way. If you guys have a chance to see it, he, he delivered a great speech. And, you know, Taika is a great man. So I'm really happy for him. And I can't wait to see Thor Love and Thunder and anything he comes up with uh, in the future. Uh, glancing over the shorts, we got Best Production Design. Best Production Design was a uh, very hard one this year. I feel like there were lots of great, uh, there there were lots of great production designs in, in movies last year. Um, lots of great settings. Uh, if we think about like even the most minimalist, uh, minimalistic of movies like Parasite, for instance, where it all takes place or most takes place mostly takes place in one town in one house. Even uh, that house had been specifically specifically designed for this movie so you know it's lots of effort lots of effort that's being put into these movies settings and 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 the cores and that was a very very stacked one this year my prediction and it came true uh well first i'm gonna go through the nominees so the irishman was the first one jojo rabbit the second one that had great production design in Europe. It really looked like a Europe, an old Europe town. Uh, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. They all had uh, a nomination for this category. I picked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and they won. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm not sure anybody knows this, but what they did is they didn't recreate anything with CGI or anything. They actually recreated, they actually redid the whole Los Angeles, the whole city of Los Angeles. They redid it like they, they, like they they renovated it they added stuff to make it look like the, the la of old uh, and by the time that the movie stopped filming by the time they were done they were taking everything down the, the production team was taking everything down and some people some higher ups in the city were like no no no, no leave it <laughs> it looks nicer that way than it looked before so uh, that's that's a pretty cool trivia fact and um i think a testament obviously to the great Great job that they did on the production design on this. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, your winner, and deservedly so. Costume design was, um, to me, a no-brainer. Uh, you had five category. You had five nominees in that category. Sorry, first one, The Irishman. Second one, Jojo Rabbit. Third one, Joker. Uh, fourth one, Little Women. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being the fifth one. Costume design. I went with Little Women. Uh, period for period pieces. It's always hard to find the exact perfect costume and uh little women looked little women is a movie and i will say this is a movie that i went in with zero expectations you know not because like i'm not against 
at all you know female-led movies i think i think they're great i'm i'm not i'm saying i'm not against them i'm for them if they're great if they're good stories i like them i guess this felt like a chick flick before i went in to see it i haven't read the book so i, I didn't know what it was about but i still wanted to see it one for the purpose of this podcast two because i'm a crazy movie fanatic and three because i like the idea that sometimes i go into a movie without expectations and i can be blown away So I was taking a chance on it and uh, I am so happy I did. Little Women was awesome. It's a movie I did not expect to like, but I absolutely loved. And uh, the, 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 the costumes were spot on. Listen, there's not a, a single part of the movie where that was in question for me. They all look gorgeous. Um, Sharsha Ronan, Sarsha Ronan, sorry. Um, Florence Pugh, uh, Emma Watson, Laura Dern. They all looked the part even bob odenkirk that uh, had the small stint in the movie they all looked the part like there's not a single moment in that movie where i questioned i was like oh which century are they in which year are they living in like none at all little women nailed that and they won and they deserved it so thank you congrats little women and and for what it's worth i think that movie could have won more um i think greta gerwig did a fantastic job on the direction i think she should have definitely had a spot up there uh with the big boys and um listen maybe one day maybe one day uh, greta will get her uh due and that day i will be celebrating and be very happy about it there i said it best documentary as we move on we had five contenders american factory the cave the edge of democracy for sama and honeyland now granted i only seen i've only seen one of them Uh, and the one that I've seen is the winner. It's American Factory. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a fantastic document. It's it, 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 Don't expect shock value. Don't expect anything. It's just a documentary where things happen. But they happen in such a beautiful and intriguing way. And it's about stuff. If, if, for, for guys, for people who are not aware, American Factory is a, is a documentary about a Chinese company that bought a Uh, old, a GM fire uh, a GM power plant that got shut down and where thousands and thousands of jobs were lost this Chinese company bought the the, the power plant and brought back some of those jobs like a, a big majority of it uh, but it was a Chinese company so they brought in people from China as well to get people accustomed to the company at first so essentially it shows you the culture clash between the Americans and the Chinese people um working together and where differences are in the workplace and it's, it's a very interesting very um informative documentary that i recommend to everybody and if and, and if the if the reasons that i give if the reasons that i've given you so far haven't convinced you to watch this this movie and this is true was produced by barack and michelle obama yeah um i don't i didn't think barack obama could become any cooler but then he said hey i'm done with presidency i'm gonna make movies and you know like yeah he's cooler he's even cooler than he was so he's making movies now they're both making movies him and michelle uh this is their first effort it was a deal with netflix that they have american factory is a great film i recommend it to everybody and i'm happy it won that said um i am very excited to watch the edge of democracy i've heard great things about that movie and it's on the it's on my list uh i just can't wait to get to it the type of political stuff is very very interesting to me uh, and i heard a lot of good things about honeyland as well so um i will 
eventually for sure be checking both of those out uh, and i'm sorry they didn't win i'm very happy however american factory won as i very enjoyed that movie as we move on uh we're getting into the bigger uh, the bigger categories here or gradually doing so supporting actress uh supporting actress was a very um i wouldn't say as stacked as the men but it was very very diverse and tons of very different performances we had kathy bates who's you know amazing in every single role that she does you know kathy bates deserves a lot of props for everything that she does um I, i'm i'm saying this because i recently i recently saw misery i really enjoyed that um kathy bates was nominated for richard jewel where she played richard jewel's mom uh, she did a great job out of it saw the movie it was phenomenal acting wise obviously well everything else wise too uh laura dern was nominated for marriage story she did she played the the role of the uh, lawyer for scarlett johansson's character speaking of scarlett johansson she was also nominated for supporting actress jojo rabbit uh had her in a supporting role she was great in that movie i i came out of that movie with when i saw jojo rabbit i came out with lots of different thoughts uh didn't quite know how to put them together but one that was very very clear to me and one that i keep saying is scarlett johansson really killed that role she she, she pulled out a tour de force performance uh congratulations Scarjo. that was great uh, and you will win an oscar one day i'm sure uh florence Pugh got nominated for little little women i love florence Pugh. listen my second favorite movie last year was midsummer uh, or midsummer I don't know how you want to say it. It's it's the horror movie by uh, Ari Aster with Florence Pugh uh, and Jack Rayner and William Poulter. It was, um, it was one of the oddest experience I've ever had at the movies. And the twist at the end, I'm not gonna spoil it for you because this is a movie you have to see. This twist at the end of Midsummer was was so good, and the performances were so convincing. And this is part of my, my second part of this. I was going to talk about the movie, like the snubs, the people that didn't make it to the Oscars this year. I think Florence Pugh in Midsummer should have been nominated for something. I think she was phenomenal. She had me convinced from the very beginning where the, the, like the, the intro to that movie is so brutal. And she pulls it off so well. And then in the end, the shock value, the sheer look in her face, it was... It was fantastic. Acting-wise, that movie is top-notch, and I cannot recommend it enough. Even if you don't like horror movies, give it a shot. It's brutal. It's a bit weird. It's a bit off-putting. Uh, but, uh, hey, it's sunny all the time, the whole time during the movie. It's all uh, it's all light. So, you know, you don't have to be scared to, to, to have the boogeyman under, under your bed at night, and you don't have to be scared of uh, shutting the lights off at night. Uh, no, it's a great movie, for real. Uh, it's one of the first movies I, I'm saying all of this because it's one of the first horror movies I've ever seen. No, it's the it's the first horror movie that I've ever seen where they make such horror out of such th like things that are meant to look positive. Like it's basically sunny the whole time. Everything is white. Everything is light. Everything is pastel, and uh, somehow Ari Aster manages to make it scary. So so it's a it's a phenomenal movie. It's like one of the best horror movies i've ever seen watch it florence Pugh. thank you for that role that was fantastic you should have gotten more recognition but hey at least you got nominated for supporting actress and you did a good job in little women uh, i'm not discounting that whatsoever she, she, she was great um so yeah so she was uh, nominated and then the last one in that category the supporting actress category was margot robbie for her role in bombshell 
Um, not sure about that one. She was she she was good. She was she was very good. Don't get me wrong, but um, I think I think the field was very stacked this year, and I, I and I think the right person won in the end. Laura Dern won for Marriage Story. She pulled out a very good performance. Personally, would have liked. I had, like my prediction was Laura Dern. Not gonna lie, but. I would have liked Scarlett Johansson to win this award. I think um, Laura Dern's performance, as great as it was, did not tap into as much emotion and as much range as Scarlett Johansson's performance in Jojo Rabbit. That said, I think Laura Dern, in her dialogue maybe, and the way that she delivered her lines, especially that speech everybody knows. If you guys haven't watched Marriage Story, Laura Dern represents... Scarlett Johansson's character and uh, Ray Liotta represents um, Adam Driver's character, Charlie, as uh, lawyers because they are going through a divorce. That's the whole movie. They are going through a divorce and they're trying to figure out who they, who's going to have the kid and whatnot. And Laura Dern delivers her speeches. Every time she has to, to talk, you listen to her. She commends uh, respect she commends presence uh she did she did a great job i just personally think uh for, well first of all she could have been rewarded for uh better roles that she's done over the years she's had more she's had more like she's had deeper performances before i think i don't think she's an undeserving actress i just think in this case perhaps uh, someone else should have won. I'm happy she won. I'm happy Laura Dern won. Congratulations, Laura Dern. It was her birthday yesterday too, so that's a, that's a good birthday present. So I'm really happy about her. I'm really happy for her about that. And one thing that's very um, odd and very cool about this, and uh, I I guess a lot of people have noticed or heard in interviews, but a lot of people probably haven't think about thought about that. But Laura Dern was in Marriage Story and in Little Women. Which means she worked with Noam Baumbach and Greta Gerwig in the same year. So she worked with both sides of the of the couple, as you know, Noam Baumbach and, and Greta Gerwig are a couple. So she, uh, so yeah, she worked with both of uh, she worked she worked with both ends of the couple uh, in the same year, which is a fun fact. Anyways, thought I would throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, next next up, cinematography. Listen, as much. Uh, as, as as much as I think the award was in contention this year, I think there was a clear winner. Uh, the Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Before I get on, before I tell you who won, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give props to uh, The Lighthouse for a second. The Lighthouse is a movie that was filmed in black and white. Uh, it was it was shot in it was shot that way for a reason. If you watch the movie and you imagine it in color, you will understand why it was shot in black and white. It wouldn't have had the same effect, the same tension, the same... It, it, instead of looking menacing and scary, it would have looked plotting and boring. Uh, so I think they did the right choice by doing it in black and white. Obviously, it's not my take, but it's my opinion about it. That said, if you are a cinematographer, if you're, treated, if, if you're taking care of the image and you have an infinite, uh, boundless palette of color to work with. If you have every single color that exists to work with, you can create so much. You have, you know, liberty. You not only have the liberty to show what you, what people see in a better light, in a better way, but you also have the option to add stuff and to make it completely different than it was 
at, at the naked eye. That said, the lighthouse being in black and white limits the, 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 the color scheme a lot. It, it limits to no colors when you think about it. So people that had to work on the image on the lighthouse had literally black, white and shades of gray to work with. And the fact that they managed to pull it off so greatly. If you look at the movie, lighting is superb. The way that Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe's character look in that in, in the lighthouse and in, in that claustrophobic little piece of, uh, of 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 housing, I guess, of lighthousing, um, they just look so phenomenal. And and that the lighthouse itself, and when the end happens, and I'm not gonna spoil anything because you should absolutely see this movie is fantastic. Um, when the ending happens, there's a part where light plays a big part the lighting plays a big part in how the movie ends they managed to pull it off so well and it deserves respect it honestly it would have deserved the oscar if not for our winner 1917 won roger deakins won if you guys haven't seen 1917 do yourself a favor get out get off your ass and go watch it it's one of the best war movies that i've ever seen don't expect if you're one to expect great dialogue, don't go. You know, if you if you watch your movies for, for to hear your characters talk, don't go because they're not talking a lot. Uh, it's mostly mostly just a guy running. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but it's essentially filmed as if it was only one shot the whole time. It's been stitched up. Obviously, there are many shots, uh, but it's been stitched up so well. Uh, to, it makes it look like there there has been no stitches. So it makes it look like one continuous shot. It looks gorgeous. Cinematography is off the chizarts. Um, like, I, I don't know how else to say. Roger Deakins is a legend. Uh, obviously, you can see many of the movies that he's done over the years where he's done such an amazing job. I, I think of No Country for Old Men. That's always my go-to. But, you know, uh, especially that scene, No Country for Old Men, that scene where... Um, Heavier Bardem's character Shigur, Anton Shigur comes to the um, comes to the door, and then Josh Brolin's character is behind it, and you're not really sure. That scene, the whole way the light plays out. Watch that scene, and, 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 and watch that whole movie actually, and see and, and take. And I, you've probably seen this, and you've probably enjoyed this movie before, but watch it for the cinematography. Just watch how Roger Deakins works. Uh, he he's done just an amazing job. He, Prisoners, Blade Runner, a, a bunch of movies like he's phenomenal and he deserves this oscar more than robert richardson did w great in once upon a time in hollywood um the lighthouse again had great monochrome um scaling in colors but i, I feel like 1917 is the clear winner here i'm happy it won i called it too <laughs> uh roger deakins is just a legend it was hard to bet against him now best sound editing so that was the first of the uh sound categories we had five very interesting nominees. Ford vs. Ferrari, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, sound editing means the, you know, how you edit the sound, not how you mix the sound. That's in a different category. Mixing the sound would be making everything. Like if I'm dropping my keys, how would the dropping of the keys sound? That would be the sound mixing. How loud or how great it sounds is the sound editing. The sound itself is editing, and the way that it meshes with everything else is sound mixing. So editing is uh, the first award. I had predicted the winner. 
Um, and it's a movie that didn't win anything else. Uh, well, they only won two awards, uh, but and, and even though they were nominated for Best Movie. But I feel like it's totally, totally deserved. Uh, Ford versus Ford Ferrari won that movie, won that category, uh, the Best Sound Editing category. Sorry, Ford versus Ferrari won that. And um, if you guys haven't seen this movie, um, watch it. It's fan-fucking-tastic. The acting is great, but what really, really took my attention from that movie is just how amazing the image looks. I don't know if... You, okay, so this movie is about um, when Ford decided to build to start building more race cars and go against Ferrari at uh, Le Mans in French. That, uh, in French. In France. <laughs> I'm French. Um, so, yeah, in France, they have this uh, this big uh, turn, this big race called Le Mans, uh, I believe is still happening today. And uh, yeah, they basically they Ford built a race car to race against Ferrari, who had won uh, the previous I don't know how many races. Uh, and it's a 24 hour race. It's a big race. So Ford uh, did made the history. And that's how Ford pretty much uh, avoided bankruptcy. So it's a, it's a story about that. It's the story about um, Carol Shelby, uh, who designed the car. It's about Ken Miles, who drove the car and everything that surrounded him, all the controversy and whatnot. It's it's phenomenal. Like the, 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 the race car sequences, the sequence at Le Mans at uh, the end of the of the movie is it's a masterclass in filmmaking. James Mangold, man, he does not get as much credit as he deserves. He is one of the best directors working today and i'm so happy his movie got recognized and i'm happy he got recognized for something technical because i think that movie as good as it is and as hard as it hits on the fields when it when it's done i feel like the true masterpiece of that movie is the technic the, the technicality the technical aspect of it the filming the sound uh the the the, the, the aesthetics everything the sound editing was fantastic and uh there, there there's no there's no better winner sound mixing um this is uh this is one of the picks i got wrong sound mixing had ad astra ford versus ferrari joker 1917 and once upon a time in hollywood my i i, I really thought Ford ford versus ferrari would take that one too to be honest with you i really thought they would but they didn't um and my second pick won it I, i'm not joking 1917 won that uh, won that Oscar for best sound mixing, and that's totally deserved, man. Uh, anytime you make a war movie that has realistic sounds, and, and that you know you come out of it and you don't feel like it was unrealistic or the sounds were too loud or whatever, any movie that pulls that aspect off, any war movie that pulls that aspect off deserves recognition. 1917 did that and then some. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good winner. It's a great. Uh, it's a great pick for that category. I thought Ford vs Ferrari would have won this. Uh, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been mad uh, with that winner. But I feel like those are the two worthy contenders in that category. So I'm happy one of them won. <coughs> Edit that out. Best film editing. That was uh, that was a stack category as well. We had Ford vs Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker. Uh, and Parasite. I'm surprised 1917 wasn't nominated. Mind you, it's one track shot. So I guess origin originality-wise, the editing isn't 
that crazy. But, you know, the way they stitched it up uh, and the way they made it all look like one shot, I guess that's impressive. So I don't know. Maybe they should have. Uh, whatever. I It wouldn't have won anyway because the right one won. Ford versus Ferrari won that Oscar as well. The editing in that movie, like I was saying earlier, the race uh, sequences are just so beautiful to watch and they look perfect and the different point of views and and everything is the race parts of that movie alone um are technical achievements uh, there i said it it's nothing short of spectacular so uh, film editing for ford vs ferrari totally totally deserved best visual effects now this category was very interesting we had 1917 avengers endgame The Irishman, The Lion King, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I'm not going to lie. I thought Lion King would win. Uh, not for the best reasons. Obviously, like, I'm not a fan of this movie, but I guess I, I, should, I should get into this and I should elaborate on this. I was not a fan of The Lion King because if you look... It's a great movie. Like, technically speaking, visually speaking, it is... And it's not even great it's an accomplishment like it's so amazing like to see what they did with the cgi lions that said um however impress impressive it is visually and i think some of the voice casting was great john oliver as zazu was fucking outstanding but the thing is what worked so well with the animated version of it is This is a Shakespeare adapted story. This is a story that's adapted on, I believe, Macbeth. I'm not too familiar with Shakespeare's work, to be honest with you, just on the surface. But it's based on a Shakespearean play. So you had animals with facial expressions. You had smiles. You had eyebrows. You could convey human emotions with the animated version. You had basically humanized animals. So the story worked. And it worked really well. It, it, you could tell... Uh, it's, to tell a Shakespeare story, you need body language. And that was... I'm, I'm not even going to say lacking. It was completely, completely absent in the CGI version of it. I didn't feel anything when Mufasa got thrown off of the cliff because Simba didn't even look pissed. Like, it's just... I, I feel like that's... I feel like that's where the Lion King conversation ends. Like, I feel like it wasn't as... Not that it wasn't as good as planned, but I feel like it just wasn't a good idea. But hey, you know, they did it. It drew money. So we're going to keep pouring money into it. But, you know, whatever. To each their own. Uh, so, but yeah, I thought Lion King would win that category. I think the CGI Lions would be enough. But clearly they weren't. Because 1917 won that category. And I guess I did not know this before they won but they basically digitally added all of the uh structures all of the, the the big forts and whatnot it was all digitally added so um did not know that uh and in that i guess in that optic uh, i cannot in my right mind uh complain about this so congratulations to 1917 uh congratulations to sam mendes and a wonderful movie i uh will continue singing the praises of that movie forever So props 1917, I lost my bet on that category, but you deserved it. Now, 
best makeup and hair now that 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 was there was a clear winner in that category and i will explain it in a second bombshell joker judy maleficent mistress of evil and 1917 if you did not pick bombshell to win this category you are out of your effing mind the makeup in that movie is however natural you think it looks look at charlie Theron, and look at megan kelly Look at the look at these two people side by side and tell me they look exactly like each other. They don't. There's a there's difference. There's a big difference. Somehow the makeup crew on that movie managed to make Charlie Theron look exactly like Megan Kelly, like almost exactly like her doppelganger style with makeup. No nothing else. It's just it's just phenomenal and the way that you know Nicole Kidman looks um like Gretchen it's just it's so perfect and the prosthetics that they added on John Lithgow uh who did a, a great job as Roger Ailes that that whole job that whole makeup and prosthetics job was the all-star of that movie the MVP of that movie and if it did not win for that I would have been very very sad and very angry for them so I'm happy Bombshell as as much as the movie was eh I'm happy that they want something and i'm happy this is what they want because it's an important movie everybody should see it and um uh and enjoy it yes you have no choice but to enjoy it now best international international sorry feature film uh it would be it, it will be interesting for me to point out that it used this category used to be called best foreign film uh, and they this they, they, this year is the first year they decided to change it to best international feature film. Um, I'm guessing foreigner or foreign is is a is, is a derogatory word uh, towards uh, towards immigrants and the great contribution that they have to our world here in North America. Uh, and I and I and I guess I can agree with that. I guess I can understand. Uh, and I'm happy that they changed the name of the category for everybody's sake and for uh, the amazing uh, the amazing workers in the cinema industry that we have abroad. Um, that said, I think it was clear who was going to win this. Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Les Miserables, not the one you think, Pain and Glory, and Parasite were nominated for this. Uh, I saw two of the movies. I saw Les Miserables recently. It was outstanding. It was a great movie. It's a great French movie. If you think think about uh, all the great crime French movies, like La Haine, for instance, um, that movie is in the same vein if you enjoy good cop drama and you either speak french or are cool with subtitles i definitely definitely recommend you see it the ending is they leave you on your appetite but it's for a reason i'm not gonna get into it but it's a great it's a great great movie you should see it uh pain and glory also got a lot of uh, accolades pain and glory was the uh pedro almodovar uh, movie with antonio banderas who also got a nomination for best actor uh, I will watch it very, very soon. I'm very excited to watch it. Um, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I will. But let's face it. Th these movies had no chance against Parasite. Parasite won this category hands down. And um, Bong Joon-ho, the director of the movie, actually pointed that out on the stage. He pointed out that the, the, category, uh, the name of the category had changed. And he was very happy about it, and he felt... Uh, dignified in the fact that he was the first recipient of the award under that name uh, and, and congratulations to Bong Joon-ho he's a once-in-a-lifetime director 
Parasite is a once in a lifetime movie and the right person won here uh, despite despite everything that's about to happen. Um, um, yeah, as, as as Parasite wins international movie, no surprise. Oh yeah, also, um, and, and this is very important, Bong Joon-ho, at the end of his speech, um, said that he was going to, and I quote, he was ready to drink until the morning. So um, I don't know, I don't know what time you're listening to this, but I, I sincerely hope whatever time you're listening to this at, Bong Joon-ho is still drinking. He deserves it. The mad bastard deserves it. He made a fantastic movie. Um, now, second, uh, let's move on. Best original score. Um, lots of worthy contenders again. Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, my, uh, one, honestly, one of my favorite scores of the year is nominated for this, and uh, it's The Irishman. I thought the score in that movie was atmospheric it was also very real and 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 it felt like one of those iconic it felt like i was watching the godfather in the sense that i was listening to one of the most iconic theme songs in cinema but i didn't know it yet and and i and i feel like i feel that's never gonna happen because nobody's recognizing it but yeah no i feel like the score in that movie really put me in the gangster spirit it really put me in uh the vibe that that they were trying to that they were trying to set in that movie so yeah I feel like The Irishman could have won best, uh, could have been at least nominated for best original score, uh, but there was a clear winner. Joker won. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt uh, pronouncing the uh, winners, uh, the, 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 the score, the, the person who did the score's name. It's a very, very complicated. Um, I'm going to type it actually. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my hand, guys. Please bear with me. Hildur Guanadotir. She, I believe that's her name. Uh, please don't hate me if that's not how her name is spelled. Uh, but she won the Oscar. And listen, if you look at, if you watch Joker and you listen to the score, you're gonna understand exactly why. It is so dark and so uh, it, it elevates the movie in in a, in a way that nothing else did. Uh, not the not the blue lighting. Uh, not and and as much as create as as once in a lifetime as joaquin phoenix is in that movie you know as great as he is he elevates the movie in a way but the sound and the score elevates it in a totally different way and uh it could both of those um the movie could not have happened without both of those things being as successful at the highest level as they were so uh that score is a deserving winner <coughs> best original song um look I did not listen to any of the other songs before they started playing them all, but I knew which move, which song was going to win for which movie. Uh, it was a clear, clear, clear path to the to the trophy for me as as soon as it was released. Uh, I'm gonna love me again by uh, Elton John, written by Bernie Taupin, worked uh, sorry won the award and. Um, Rocket Man was not nominated for anything else, and I'm just gonna point out that I think if the uh, lead lead actor category was expanded to more than five people, I think Taron Edgerton gets in. I think Taron Edgerton in that movie was, um, it was a career defining performance for him, and we're I'm excited to see what he does next, and I'm excited to see him get more work 
uh, with the recognition he's gotten outside of the Oscars, but I feel like his role deserves props. And I feel like he should have probably had a spot in there, but it was a stacked category and you know, there can only be one winner and five nominees. That said, I'm Gonna Love Me Again is a great song. It's a catchy song. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a seminal, it's a, it's a essential Elton, it's an essential typical Elton John song. Uh, if you like Elton John's music, you will enjoy it. Please, you know, listen to it. You'll love it. But uh, if you if you put it into perspective with the other four songs, there was no other winner. There was no other clear winner. Best actor. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty, as I like to say. There's only four categories left, guys. Please bear with me. Best actor: Antonio Banderas, Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, and Jonathan Price. It was a stacked field once again. Um, I feel, and I'm going to say this before I move on to Joaquin Phoenix, who obviously won the Oscars, uh, obviously won the Oscar for this performance. Adam Driver, guys. Adam Driver in Marriage Story was um, off, off the charts is not even the right way to describe it. I think Adam Driver pulled off a career-defining performance in that movie. That scene with the the whole fight with Scarlett Johansson at his apartment where he punches into the drywall and he like crawls into a fetal position after that whole scene is to me a masterclass in acting a masterclass in storytelling and facial expressions Adam Driver murdered that role Adam Driver was born to play that role and that role will give Adam Driver more opportunities in the future because this is this to me this performance to me said adam driver is here to play and i i think it's i think it's preposterous to think that we're going to live in a world one day where adam driver never gets an oscar i think adam driver gets an oscar down the line and i think he will go down as one of the best actors of our generation that said phoenix won joaquin phoenix finally finally got his oscar is due uh it, listen if you haven't seen joker see it do yourself a favor just see it it's it's fan it's a fantastic movie but the performance is just uh, heat ledger set the bar high he set the bar very very high when he won that posthumous award uh for the dark knight and joaquin phoenix somehow was able to i'm not gonna say do a better job i don't like comparing those two performances i think they go hand in hand and i think they're both amazing but Joaquin Phoenix was able to stand feet first on that bar and dance on it and um no metaphor intended but hey uh no he was he was able to take the expectations and deliver on every single one of them and then some so Joaquin Phoenix totally deserved this Oscar I'm happy for the man Joaquin Phoenix is on my Mount Rushmore of current actors, um, like like young enough actors in the sense like my my generation's actors. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is up there for me. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jake Gyllenhaal, Christian Bale, and Joaquin Phoenix is my Mount Rushmore, and I'm happy two of them so far at least have the lead actor um, the lead actor trophy. Now get Gyllenhaal his due now, please. Now. Best Actress, we had Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Sharsha Ronan, 
Charlie Theron and Renee Zellweger. Um, Renee Zellweger won because obviously she did. She's, um, in my opinion, the Daniel Day Lewis of acting in the in the women's category. Like, I love Meryl Streep, but Meryl Streep will phone it in every everyone and every every now and then she will phone it in and she will turn in a very typical performance which is nothing which is nothing wrong with Meryl Streep she's a, a giant in the industry Renee Zellweger is like every time she takes a role you know it's going to be a role that's challenging you know she's you know she doesn't take roles for paychecks she really goes for um she really goes for the the most like she's had oscars before she won for chicago she won for a bunch of things she likes challenge so judy judy garland was a, a very challenging role and from what i've seen she did a fantastic job of it that said i don't think anybody really saw, saw that movie uh, i think it performed very poorly at the box office i didn't see the movie um i wasn't compelled to see the movie uh, i just I, not that I heard bad things, I heard underwhelming things, uh, and all I keep hearing was, "Hey, Renee Zellweger had a great performance." So I'm happy she won. She, uh, you know, if she shows up, just be happy to be invited to the party, I guess. Um, and everybody who's watched all those movies, I don't know if you guys are gonna agree with me, but I think personally, Scarlett Johansson should have taken this for Marriage Story. She was phenomenal. Um, and she's she's a great actress and she's proven long ago that she's a great she's more than just a pretty face she's a great actress and i think she should have won for this that said uh, i haven't seen judy so it's hard for me to judge and renee zellweger being a recipient of that oscar is never a bad thing in my book best director as we move on we got to finish this fast if we want to get to the news best director um martin scorsese for the irishman todd phillips for joker Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Um, usually the Best Director Award by... Usually what they do is they give the Best Director Award to the guy that's not going to win Best Movie, just to, as a consolation prize. This year, they actually went with the logical thing, and I'm so happy they did not do that. Uh, they give the Best Director nod this year to Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. And... You guys, if you haven't seen Parasite, first of all, just watch it immediately. Stop, stop listening to this podcast. Press pause and go watch that movie. You're gonna, you're gonna flip. But the whole way the camera moves in that movie, the the way it reveals a little bit at a time, and the more it moves, like it's 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 a movie so meticulously crafted. Every square inch is planned you know the, the neighborhood everything everything is planned and that includes the camera work that includes the direction of the uh, how the actors are playing uh song kang ho the, the guy who plays the um the, the is it song kang ho i believe it is the, the, the i'm sorry if i'm butchering your name man you you're amazing in that movie um the, the way his facial expressions the way he he says one like everything is planned the way that the, the actors played everything the, the everything is planned the, the way they're framed, everything. Uh, and, th and in that sense, although 1917 could have gotten the nod, I feel like Sam Mendes deserves tons of respect for doing what he did. You know, it's been done before. It's it's not, it's nothing new. Uh, but to be able to stitch up all those plans, uh, I believe Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes, out of everybody, had the best technical achievement. 
uh, how, that, that said, filmmaking is not about just the technical aspect. It's also about the emotion and it's also about the actors. And Parasite all around, I believe, was the best movie in that sense. Um, I'm just going to say I'm a bit disappointed uh, for Quentin Tarantino. I'm happy Parasite won. I'm happy Bong Joon-ho won for that. But I'm ha- I- I'm a bit I'm a bit disappointed for Quentin because I feel like this guy deserves, in the same way that Spike Lee deserved an Oscar for Black Klansman when he won it, it was his first Oscar. I think Quentin Tarantino finally deserves his due. Uh, dude's a dude's a bona fide legend. He's one of the best. I'm sorry, one of the best filmmakers of our generation. Nothing less than that. Uh, and and I. And, 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 I'm, and I'm saying this because this is his ninth movie and he said he would stop at 10. So I don't know how much left he has. Uh, well, I, I do know how much left he has. He has one movie left, uh, according to him. But you never know what can happen. But yeah, so, te- you know, technically he only has one movie left to get that Oscar. And I would really, really, really like for him to get it somewhere down the line, at least. Uh, so, so yeah, pretty disappointed then when that one i'm in accordance with the winner i'm just i'm just throwing that out there i hope quentin wins something before he calls it quits now best picture um best picture was historic here were the nominees ford versus ferrari the irishman jojo rabbit joker little women marriage story 1917 once upon a time in hollywood and parasite now my picks I was certain that 1917 would win because I feel like 1917 is the type of movie that the Academy likes to reward in the sense that technically speaking, it it's perfect. It, it, it's about a very real story. It's a true story. It had all the ingredients to me that screamed Oscar. Second pick was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me, as I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that was my second pick because I thought, again, maybe they'll give Quentin his due, finally. Uh, and and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is, is, is I, I, don't, I don't mean this as a way like, look, okay, well, we didn't give it to, to him for Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs or whatever. We're going to give it to him for Once Upon a Time. No, that's not what I mean. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a quality movie, guys. If you guys haven't seen that, just stop i don't know why you're listening to this go and stop and, and and watch once upon a time in hollywood it is a quality it is it is on par with all the masterpieces that the quentin has done over the years and, and and i'm not saying this to slight it at all i'm just saying maybe this would have been the year where we say oh, okay yeah quentin's done enough let's let's reward him but they didn't and as sad as I am that they didn't, I'm happy that they didn't because Parasite won best movie of the year. And I'm happy and I am, I was crying tears of joy. I'm not going to lie. I was so happy because, because best picture should, should go to the best picture, regardless of politics, regardless what opinions. I understand the, the Oscars, the Academy in the end is just, you know, a pool of opinions, but I'm happy that the best picture won best picture. I don't feel anything came close to Parasite last year. We had some fantastic movies. Look, I we've had what a year we had in cinema in 2019. Starting with, you know, from the blockbusters with, you know, Endgame 
to 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 the the the, the, the cinema the, the the auteur cinema like once upon a time in hollywood marriage story we got every end of the spectrum last year parasite however head and shoulders above the rest and that's just my opinion uh take it for whatever i guess if you're listening to this podcast you take it seriously uh but if you haven't seen parasite if you've seen everything else last year and you haven't seen parasite Watch it and uh, hey, comment to me on uh, Instagram, Mr. Sir94. Uh, tell me why uh, I'm wrong if I am. Uh, <laughs> before we move on to the news, I'm just gonna give props to a bunch of movies here that probably deserved a bit more recognition. Um, Uncut Gems got snubbed from the Oscars last year, uh, this year for last year's movies. Uncut Gems is a fantastic movie, um, it is tense. It's a um, tour de force performance by Adam Sandler and uh, Julia Fox, who's never acted before in her life. Um, it's I had my hands were wet the whole time. My hands were moist. You guys like that word moist. My hands were, you know, sweating the whole damn time. The ending is just as shocking as you would expect from a movie that builds you up for that. Um yeah, Uncut Gems deserve better. Adam Sandler, look, Adam Sandler would have deserved the nomination in a world where the other five were not nominated. I feel like Adam Sandler, as much as he deserved that nom, I feel like the field was just way too stacked this year to, to say for sure. So um, I don't think he would have won the Oscar any, anyway. Uh, I think I think it was Joaquin's year. So um, happy happy that Adam Sandler pulled out this performance and Oscar or not, he should be very very proud of it. And if he um, if he decides to do more of the serious stuff, I will be right behind him and I will support it. The Safdie brothers also did a great job on that, and I'm excited to see more of them. Good time was great. Uncut Gems was great. Can't wait to see what they do next. The Farewell was also a movie that got snubbed. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, sadly, but um, I heard great things about it and I cannot wait to watch it. It's a Lulu Wang movie. I watched a Lulu Wang interview and I became a fan. I think she's a very, very quirky person that has lots of personality and lots of amazing knowledge about cinema um, and great opinions. If you if you happen to see her in any interview, just stick to the end. She's, she's, a, she's great. She's fantastic. And um, I'm happy to see her succeed. I'm happy this movie succeeds. Uh, again, it's another movie uh, where, sorry, it's another movie where um, we will have to overcome our fear of subtitles. But I think, and from what I've heard, it's totally worth it. So uh, yes, I'm excited to watch The Farewell soon. Honey Boy, another movie I haven't seen, uh, did not get the buzz uh, that it shouldn't have gotten. That it should have gotten. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is apparently amazing in that movie. Can't wait to watch it. I will watch it this week. That's in my plans. Uh, the Last Black Man in San Francisco did not get the nod. Hustlers did not get the nod. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop on Hustlers for just a little bit. Um, I watched Hustlers because, well, I mean, I am a man, but also I was also very, very curious about it. I, it, it was one of those movies that was polarizing enough to catch my attention you know it got so much good and so much bad from from both ends that i was like you know i i, I gotta watch this and i heard so many great things about jennifer lopez's performance and jennifer lopez she's 50 and looks and does what she does looks like what she does and does what she does so she's 
uh, timeless. She's ageless, and she's a bona fide legend. That said, that that performance, and I'm sorry, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. That performance was overrated. It was, it wasn't that good. It was it was better than what she's done before. She, Jennifer Lopez is not a bad actress. She's, you know, she's taking that that Renaissance man, Renaissance woman approach to this, uh, to the light to, to her life where she does music, fashion, movies. She does everything. She does whatever she wants. She's not a bad actress. You know, some people that do that, some people that are in the music industry try to be actors and they're not good. Jennifer Lopez is not bad. I just feel like this performance was not as good as people made it out to be. She took a lot of space in that movie because she was the, uh, well, she, she was one of the main characters, but she was the one that had most, um, how, do my, how, do my, how do I call it? The most aggressiveness, if you, if you want to call it that way. She took up, she took up a lot of space. And uh, in that sense, she was a powerhouse in that movie. And yeah, sure, she was. She, she definitely was that. Uh, but an Oscar-nominated role, an Oscar-worthy actress, uh, Oscar-worthy performance for that actress? No, I, I don't. I honestly do not believe she was snubbed. What she was snubbed whatsoever. Supporting uh, actress category was was stacked this year. Laura Dern would would have won it anyway. Um, no, I, I disagree. And this is not me shitting on anybody or hustlers. I didn't like the movie, but uh, I I respect it enough to give it a shot. Um, and I and I didn't think everything was bad about it. I just think that people go way overboard with the Jennifer Lopez um, snub, if you might call it. Another movie that did not get the the, the love that it deserves to me is uh, Waves. Waves was uh, directed and uh, orchestrated by uh, Trey Edward Schultz, who also did It Comes at Night, which is a really good movie if you haven't seen it. It's a really good horror movie. But Waves is, in, in, every, in every way possible, superior. Um, Waves is in my top 10 favorite movies of last year. I believe I, I, believe I put it 9 or 8. 9th or 8th, sorry, right before Endgame. And um, Waves... This movie everybody should see. I think that movie did not get the release it should have gotten. I feel like the distributor should have thrown themselves at that movie more. But again, I don't know if it would have made money or not. I just think more people should have seen it. I, I did not hesitate two seconds to, to, to watch it when I had the chance. And it was an experience I you know I haven't forgotten yet. I saw it, I believe, in November, December. And I'm still shook by it. So, um, yeah watch waves guys it's it's a phenomenal movie uh waves by trey edward schultz it was a, it was a 2019 movie look it up um so so good so good sterling k brown that movie is so good um kelvin harrison jr's you know performance was obviously off the charts um and and it goes in a direction everybody i i expected it i you see the trailer of that movie it goes in a completely different direction than what you're expecting so uh, if you like those kinds of movies watch it and if you like good dramas and if you enjoy human experiences in your movies watch waves you will not be disappointed another movie that got snubbed is booksmart booksmart was a really fun comedy uh i don't think it it got snubbed in the sense that it uh, was uh, good enough for the Academy. It definitely was. I think it got snubbed because um, the Academy does not like comedy. Uh, and I think that's the reoccurring theme every year where comedy never gets the props that they deserve. I feel like 
personally, I feel like making someone laugh on screen is just as much of a challenge as making someone cry. When you're uh, writing a script and when you're writing jokes, you have to be um, on top of it. You have to be very, very sharp for it. So I feel like comedy should get more no more nods and get more respect at the, at every at every award ceremony. That said, Booksmart did not get the nom, I believe, because it was too lighthearted. It was great though. It was uh, if if anybody's uh, if anybody hasn't seen Booksmart, it's it's the female version of Superbad, and that's the biggest compliment that I can give you, uh, Booksmart. So take it. Um, Other movie that got snubbed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this quick. I promise. I'm sorry. Uh, Midsummer or Midsummer. Um, I cannot say enough about that movie. Same thing happened with the movie the year before, Hereditary, uh, with uh, Tony Collette. I don't know if you guys recall that that horror movie that did really well uh, with that little girl that keeps whistling. Uh, that movie did not get the nod at the Oscar for uh, X Y Z reason. Uh, Tony Collette was. I, I don't even think outstanding becomes to I don't think outstanding begins to cover it like I think Tony Collette in that in hereditary was um, once in not once in a life yeah once in a lifetime performances it, it's one of those horror movie performances that will go down in history as legendary uh, and yet still managed uh, she still managed to get snubbed from the academy for that. Uh, and again, this year, same thing happens to him. Florence Pugh, although she did get praise for uh, Little Women, uh, which is great, which is, um, you know, in, in its own right, it's a great movie. And I've said it before, uh, On the, like I said it earlier, I did not expect to like it. I liked Little Women. That said, Florence Pugh in Midsummer deserved a nom. She is, I'm talking about it and I can't even understand why she did not get it. She's fantastic. She pulls out a once a career defining performance same way adam driver did with marriage story i feel, I feel florence Pugh. obviously she broke out she had three roles you know fighting with my family uh midsummer and little uh women she had three great roles in one year but i feel like the midsummer role puts her head and shoulders above anything else that she could have won um yeah no for real midsummer is is a real snub i'm really pissed that they didn't get the recognition that they deserve uh other movies portrait of a lady on fire the nightingale uh, a hidden life um portrait of a lady on fire is a french movie by celine siama i'm really excited to see that one i'm gonna see it this week the nightingale is a jennifer kent movie i love jennifer kent i watched the babadook uh and was instantly in love with the movie it's become one of my favorite horror movies if you haven't seen it the babadook Uh, is a movie I, I strongly recommend and Jennifer Kent is an, uh, the Australian um, filmmaker that um, made it happen so um, she she had a follow-up called The Nightingale and uh, she, that came out this year and I didn't get to see it uh, and when I say this year I mean 2019 so I'm excited to see that one and I know that that one was uh, going to be in the contenders but did not get Oscars did not get any recognition and that's okay you know They, can, they can't all be there, but that's why we have this podcast, to honor them. Uh, a Hidden Life is a Terrence Malick movie. Obviously, you have uh, you need patience to watch these movies, but uh, to watch the, uh, the Terrence Malick movies. But I will watch it. I'm a big fan of uh, Terrence Malick. I think he's a visionary filmmaker, uh, and I will watch A Hidden Life somewhere down the line. Really, really, um, really looking forward to it. 
Um, another movie that did not get the recognition that it deserved, not that it deserves an Oscar by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it deserves a nom even. But um, I feel like The Beach Bum deserved more love. The Beach Bum is a Harmony Korine movie with a Korean. Korean? Harmony Korine movie. Um, the guy who also did Spring Breakers for um, the millennials listening to this. Um, he, he released The Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey, Snoop Dogg, um, Isla Fisher. Uh, Martin Lawrence is in that movie. Um, listen. A lot of people hated on that movie because, quote unquote, there was no plot. Uh, I, and, and I'm going to say this publicly right now because I need to and I need to get this off my chest. I loved this movie. I loved it. Like, I will watch it again and again and again. I loved The Beach Bum. The reason I loved it so much, uh, besides the the, the, the the carefree spirit that it brings. Okay, well, first of all. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that spirit. That movie embodies Key West in Florida. That movie embodies vacation. I've been working uh, for a travel company for five years now. And I've been on vacation. And every time I see this movie, I get the same vibe and the same feeling that I get when I'm on a beach. It's It embodies that so perfectly. The Jimmy Buffett songs, the... the, the the, the, the shot, the tracking shots, the, the, the beautiful sunsets, everything, the natural lighting, everything. It just makes it look like you're on vacation. And second of all, there's very, very interesting about that movie is it, it, it reminds us that cinema does not owe us anything. And by that, what I mean is when you go see a movie and you complain about the plot, that movie does not owe you a plot. If you're if you're going there and you're talking uh, a ten dollar $10 ticket does not give you the right to say what a movie owes you or what what it doesn't the movies movie is art and you pay for it because you decide to go watch it but the the, the director's vision is you know the, the the director's vision is the art and in this case he wanted to do something to prove to us that sometimes we go to the movies and we're just there to see people do shit and we're just we're just we're just there to see people we're just there to see things happen we're just there for the ride we're just there to see how the character grows we don't always have to care about where the character goes what's you know what's the the enigma that he has to resolve what's this was the first step he has to go through the last step this movie is just things happening and for example for example at one point matthew mcconaughey's character uh he starts looking he needs to talk to, to snoop dogg's character who's uh <laughs> famously uh infamously in this movie known as lingerie uh, his name is ray and he yeah, calls himself lingerie i thought that was great uh snoop dogg holla um <laughs> love snoop dogg there is a point in that movie where matthew mcconaughey looks is looking for Snoop Dogg's character, and then he goes to his boat, and he's not there. So he leaves, go goes to do something else, and then eventually comes back, and he's there. And when I saw that happen, I was very um, wouldn't say happy, but I was it was like an epiphany. I was like, wow, it's true. You know, sometimes as a human, you'll go somewhere that you know you okay. You'll go to a store because you want to purchase something that you know that store carries. 
And then you show up to the store and the guy tells you, I'm sorry, we're out of stock for this, but we will get a shipment in four hours. So come back in four hours. So what you do is you take your shit, you leave, you go do something else, you go, you know, whatever you need to do, and then you come back. That's life. That's just, that's just how life is. This movie did not shy away from that. The usual movies, usual Hollywood movies would, would cut most of that part and just skip to the important part. This movie does not do that. And, you know, sometimes movies like that are important. That's just my opinion. So The Beach Bump, watch it. You'll enjoy it. I mean, I did, so perhaps you will. Um, yeah, great movie. Don't listen to the critics. And don't, and, I'm, and I say this, don't, don't usually listen to the critics. Make your own opinion, man. Um, that's, you know, that's the way to go. Um, High Flying Bird is another one that got, uh, that went under the radar. Uh, Queen and Slim, uh, went under the radar, the movie with Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith, uh, where they, they, it's like the, like the modern day Bonnie and Clyde where they meet on Tinder, they have a bad date and then one of them shoots a cop and they have to get away, uh, and pretty much, uh, live like fugitives. It's, it's a great movie. Uh, it's, it's a really good movie. I, um, there are parts where I didn't. I wasn't sure whether or not it was a romantic comedy or a um, or a co- or a cop movie, uh, but you know, it was great, great performances, and uh, maybe on a second viewing I will be less picky about that. But there are certain things that bug me. Uh, Queen and Slim was great though. I would definitely recommend it. All in all, it's worth your time. Uh, the report that I saw uh, with Adam Driver again. Uh, also did not get the nod. That was a good movie. Uh, would it get an Oscar nod? I don't think so. Uh, Gloria Bell with Julia uh, Julianne Moore. I'm sorry. Uh, did get, got snubbed. Didn't see that one yet. Apollo 11. Apollo 11 did not. Apollo 11 got snubbed. That one is a really big one for me. Uh, I'm not really familiar with all the documentaries that came out. But I know Apollo 11 really was groundbreaking when it came out. I went to see it because because of that. Like that was the selling point for me. It was, it was groundbreaking. So I went to see it, and um, look, this movie only uses archive, archive sorry, images. Uh, it only uses, um, they, they had a score made, but the score is only done with notes and music that was available at that time when the, when the moon landing happened. So it's, it's very peri- periodic. It's very timely. Um, it's, 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 a, it's an inventive documentary. That's, that's the main uh, thing that comes, that's the main thing, I, the main takeaway I, I take from it. It's, it's a very time it's a timeless documentary but it's a very unique approach to it you don't see a lot of documentary with um stock films uh with stock footage uh, and, and and no narration at all usually you know documentaries we've kind of gone into a groove of of how it works this one flips the script and and totally does it a different way so in that sense Apollo 11 definitely deserves a nod or deserves something. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and another one, and the last but not least, and I guess I have to talk about it, Dolomite is my name. Dolomite is my name is Eddie Murphy's career uh, comeback in acting. And to say that he did a great job is an understatement. To say that that movie is good is an understatement. It is phenomenal. Uh, watch it. It's on Netflix. Uh, don't miss it. Dolomite is my name with Eddie Murphy. Shot by Craig Brewer, who um, who's a really great director who did Hustle and Flow, um, and Black Snake Moan, both both of which I, I will see eventually. Um, yeah, Dolomite is my name. Cannot recommend it enough. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game, is what he says. Watch it; it's great. 
Uh, so that that covers it, guys. Um, real quick, we're gonna we're you know we had lots to talk about today, so I'm just gonna talk briefly uh, about uh, the news. Uh, just just you know, real quick, there's lots that happened. Uh, first of all, Kirk Douglas passed away, uh, 103 years old, gone too soon. Rest in peace. <laughs> no, you've lived a great life, Mr. Douglas. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for the movie industry. Um, real quick, Sam Raimi uh, is in talks to to direct Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, that would be a great addition to Marvel, man. Uh, Sam Raimi is a horror uh, god for the uh, cult uh, for for the, uh, the, the the yeah the cult viewers of horror um, lore like Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. Uh, he also for for those unfamiliar with horror slasher movies, Sam Raimi is also the person who directed the the original Spider-Man trilogy with um, with Tobey Maguire. So um, yeah. I think it, I th the, the, the Marvel wants to go in a horror direction with um, with the Doctor Strange sequel, and I think Sam Raimi is is a great candidate uh, to, to to lead the boat there. I think he he will do a great job, and I think that's a good move after Scott Derrickson left. Scott Derrickson directed the first Doctor Strange, uh, directed a bunch of horror movies. He was uh, tapped in to to do the second one. Uh, he dropped out. I think Sam Raimi is a great replacement. We'll see what happens. Um, the trailer for uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw dropped, and um, I can't wait, guys. I cannot wait. I think I'm gonna see that movie regardless, I even if it has a 4.5 rating. I'm gonna go see it because, and, and this is the only selling point for me, and, and the only one only, uh, exclusively. If you look at every single Saw movie, you have Jigsaw going. You want to play a game or let me play a game with you or let's play a game and stuff like that. This trailer has Samuel L. Jackson reinventing this line and making it his own saying, you want to play games, motherfucker? And I thought, fuck, that's awesome. Like, it's as if. You made a, a new uh, Halloween movie, and um, and yeah, I don't know. You had, I guess, I guess Samuel L. Jackson, or you had any badass, you had whatever Robert De Niro, any tough, rugged badass, come up to, um, to, to come up to to to, to Fred Krug, Freddy Krueger. Uh, no, sorry, Jason Voorhees. You can, <laughs> I always get them mixed up. Uh, so yeah, you you make a Halloween movie. You come up to Jason and uh, you go, "You want to kill me, motherfucker?" Yeah, that's, that's, that's you know that would that would have me surprised. That would have me interested because you're flipping the script. And also, it's funny as shit. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see what um, Samuel L. Jackson does with that role. I'm really excited to see what Chris Rock does with that. I'm really excited to see the movie, man. I just I just want to see Jigsaw get his uh, ass handed to him by Nick Fury. That's gonna be awesome. Uh, Real quick, The Mandalorian season two is going to premiere on Disney Plus in October. Not gonna not gonna get into that much because I'm still watching this, the first season. Uh, I think it's a great show. I think it's one of the best additions to the Star Wars universe, um, especially given the the past movies that we've had. Um, especially Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker last year was not that great in my opinion. Um, very happy for The Mandalorian. Very happy with the success it's having. I'm very happy it got renewed for a second season. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Knives Out, uh, which is a movie that came out in October last year by Ryan Johnson, was uh, it was a phenomenal movie. It was 
one of the best whodunit movies ever. And it's getting a sequel. Uh, Lionsgate announced uh, that the sequel for Knives Out would, would be greenlit. However, what they did, uh, what they thought, what they said about it was it was going to be a whole different setting with totally, totally new different actors, a totally new mystery. Uh, and, and it's essentially going to be Daniel Craig's character, Benoit Blanc, just uh, res solving another mystery. So, uh, yeah, count me in. Count me in. It's going to be great. Uh, Knives Out was awesome. And if Ryan Johnson is... Um, involved in the next one which i am pretty sure he is it will be just as awesome and i'm sure of that and um real quick again i'm gonna get uh, because we've had lots to talk about i usually won't go as fast on this but i went to see birds of prey uh the movie that came out last uh, last week with uh, with harley quinn about harley quinn and uh, huntress and black canary but mostly about harley quinn not gonna lie um it was I'm 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 gonna go spoiler free here. It was not a masterpiece, but it's far from being a bad movie. It really is. It was, and the more and the more developed you you become, critiquing movies, or the more the more used to reviewing and seeing movies you become, the less this sort of situation happens. The more black or white you become, it's crazy, but you either, the, the, the more I delve into my fandom and the more I analyze movies, the more it's like I either like it or I don't. The, 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 the middle part of it is very hard to achieve now. And um, I will say Birds of Prey did that. Birds of Prey made me question, hey, no, you know what? It wasn't that amazing, but it wasn't that bad. And that and it had been a while for that. So um I, 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 I'm guessing this isn't the you know best endorsement I can give the movie, but honestly, if I'm going to give it an endorsement, Margot Robbie is insane in it. She's fantastic as Harley Quinn. The action sequences are off the charts. Um, the coordinator for the stunts or someone that helped with it was Chad Stahelski, who directed the John Wick movies. Um, so, so, so the action scenes look gorgeous. Um, the the feel that they went to the cartoon at the beginning there's a cartoon explaining everything at the beginning it's really really well done colors are great cinematography is great um kathy ann did a really good job obviously there is some lacking and and it is a bit of a mess sometimes but everything else it's a really enjoyable movie it's a really enjoyable movie man and you know just shut your brain off for a couple minutes and, and watch it you, you won't be disappointed i uh give it um I will give it a I will give it a solid seven on ten, and I'm not you know seven on ten sometimes can be like oh well I it, it it's all right I don't want to give it eight or nine no no this is a movie I was expecting to give four, and I'm giving it seven it was the, it was good it it's it totally surprised me and I'm happy I saw it. So that's it uh, for this segment for the news. Thank you uh, for listening. We are going to move on to the mandatory viewing segment, but first a word from our sponsor. Are you a man in the Montreal area and in desperate need of a haircut? Perhaps your beard needs grooming. Or maybe just, just maybe all you need is a simple lineup, an outline. Well stop looking right now, because your next barber is right around the corner, and his name is the MTL Barber. The MTL Barber takes care of all of your grooming needs, and beyond. From the haircut to the hot towel shave, he will help you fulfill your full potential and give you the look you were born to have. All with the best and most trusted hair products on the market and the most affordable prices. 
For additional information and or to book your appointment now, which, you know, at this point, let's face it, guys, you don't have much of a choice, visit TheMTLBarber.com. The MTL Barber. Motivation, transformation, lifestyle. Also, if you like the music that you hear on this podcast, it was all produced and provided by the talented Sin 9000 from the music producing group OTS Sounds. Please give them a follow on Instagram at OTS.Sounds. That's at OTS.Sounds on Instagram for more uh, amazing beats and amazing music like the one you hear on this podcast. Uh, thank you, Sin 9000 and, and OTS Sounds for blessing this podcast and elevating it uh, with your music. And while we're at it, please give me a follow at MrSir94 on Instagram as well. Uh, it's spelled exactly the way you would expect it to be with a 94 at the end. Uh, and it's not my date of birth. I'll let you figure that out. <laughs> uh, for more updates on the show, uh, for more updates on my life as well that you'll have to suffer through if you want more updates on the show. So uh, please give me a follow on Instagram. And if please, if you're listening to this podcast on a platform that does have a uh, rating system, Please give me uh, five stars. Please give me 10 on 10. Please give me five on five. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, it helps uh, get this podcast noticed more. It helps it flourish uh, better. Uh, and all the shares, all the likes uh, that you guys have uh, have done so far uh, are so appreciated. Keep telling your friends. Keep spreading the word because this podcast is just getting started and it's here to stay. Uh, whether anybody likes it or not and we're gonna try to have a riot and please please bring your friends in uh, to the, the more the merrier uh, i appreciate the support thank you so much uh back to the mandatory viewing segment all right guys this is it this is the final stretch this is mandatory viewing Today, uh, in the spirit of the Oscars that just happened yesterday, I chose two movies that did win Best Picture, uh, but not for the best reasons or not with uh, the um, public's blessing. Very hotly contested Oscar winners, uh, and I guess you guys know exactly which ones I'm talking about. Shakespeare in Love, that was released in 1998, and Crash, that was released in 2005, uh, well, in 2004, actually. Um... Shakespeare in Love, we're going to go one by one. Shakespeare in Love was a uh, British romantic period comedy drama film. That's easy for me to say. It's a mouthful. Uh, it was directed by John Madden. Not the John Madden that you know of if you watch American Football. Uh, another guy. Writ it was written by Mark Norman and uh, the playwright Tom Stoppard. It holds a 7.1 on 10 rating on IMDb currently. Stars Joseph Fiennes, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeffrey Rush, Colin Firth, Judy Dench, Imelda Staunton, Tom Wilkinson, and uh, and Ben Affleck. Yes, two of them are not like the others. Uh, it won <laughs> it won many awards uh, at the seventy first Academy Awards. It won Best Picture, obviously. That's why we're here. Gwyneth Paltrow won Best Actress for that. Uh, Judy Dench won Best Supporting Actress. You know, to no surprise. Best uh, the movie won Best Art Direction. It won Best Costume Design. It also won Best Original Score for a musical or comedy. And it also won Best Original Screenplay. Uh, and yeah, the movie's about, essentially the movie's about William Shakespeare. Uh, he's young, he's out of ideas at this point, he's broke. Uh, but then he meets a woman and that's, that inspires him to, to write one of, his, uh, one of his best plays ever. Um, that's essentially the story, but there's also a big story about around the woman uh, that can't act in plays and, and this woman that Shakespeare meets 
that uh, passes as a boy just so she can be in a play and follow her dreams. It's a very, very good movie. It's not, um, it's not a bad movie by any, any stretch of the imagination. Was it deserving? We'll figure that out. Um, Crash is uh crash cash was released in 2004 but the official release and the wide release was done in 2005 it is a drama film uh from america <laughs> not from the uk this time uh funny enough uh, shakespeare in love i just want to add they are um and i was noticing this before they are probably michael kane anthony hopkins and gary oldman away from the ultimate uh british ensemble cast <laughs> it's it, it, like if you if you look at everybody besides Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck they're all um British legends and it's it's pretty wild I don't know it's just to me it blows my mind this cast was a thing at some point um yeah so Crash sorry uh it was directed and co-written and also produced uh by Paul Haggis who's uh is a really great guy my first exposure to paul haggis was through the alex Gib the alex gibney documentary uh going clear scientology in the prison of belief on scientology uh mr haggis is a, a former member of the church and he left so much respect to him if you want to look at the documentary i strongly strongly recommend it um but yeah that was my first exposure to haggis i thought he came off as a really really nice guy uh, and as a guy who deserved the world and then he made this movie uh, and uh, I think it gets a lot of flack for no reason, to be honest. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, it, 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 um, Haggis actually uh, described this as a passion piece for him. He really wanted to, to make this movie. It was uh, it was in his head for a while because uh, he witnessed a Porsche that got uh, carjacked outside a video store in, uh, in in L.A. And he really he really got inspired by that and he made that movie. That's what happened. Movie holds a uh, currently a 7.8 on 10 rating on IMDb. It stars uh, also has a crazy ensemble cast. It stars Sandra Bullock, Don Cheadle, Matt Dillon, Jennifer Esposito. Where the hell has she been? Brendan Fraser, Terrence Howard, Ludacris, Danny Newton, Ryan Philippe, Michael Pena, and Lyron State. That's a hell of a cast, my friends. It won many awards. Uh, obviously, besides the Best Picture award that we're talking about right now, it also won Best Screenplay. And best film editing. Um, let's let's dive into the controversy. Uh, Shakespeare in Love was um, Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture, and it was very very quickly considered one of the worst winners in the ceremony's history. Uh, most people think Shakespeare in Love is one of the least deserving movies ever uh, to win that award. And honestly, if you look at the movies that they were nominated next to. Um, it is very, very hard to argue. They had Elizabeth, uh, Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, and The Thin Red Line. Most most believe Saving Private Ryan should have won, and, and I can disagree. Um, Saving Private Ryan was an innovative movie. first 27 minutes of that movie are unfucking real If you haven't seen it, you have to. Um, so I, th I think most people agree that Saving Private Ryan should have won that year. I agree. Um... Shakespeare in Love was good, but it was very Oscar Beatty. We'll get into that. Uh, that but but then again, you know that year uh, the Academy also rewarded Roberto Benigni in Life Is Beautiful over Edward Norton for American History X uh, for Best Actor. So you know I disagree with that too. I disagree with a bunch of opinions that they have. So it's nothing new. Most most people believe actually, and this is a funny this is a funny segue. Uh, dark but funny. Um, most people believe. Uh, that Shakespeare in Love actually won an award because um, because Harvey Weinstein um, campaigned heavily for it. 
I guess I guess this might have been the encounter Brad Pitt had with Harvey Weinstein and told her to back off Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, yeah, um, before we move on, I have to I just have to get it off my chest. Harvey Weinstein is a trash person. He's a trash person. Take out the trash for this motherfucker. Take out the trash. Take him out. He he he's gone. He's gone. Thank you. Now, um, yeah. So Shakespeare in Love, not the most deserving of winners. Crash, uh, Crash won Best Picture uh, because the, the controversy the controversy easy for me to say stems from the fact that Brokeback Mountain was also nominated that year and. Um, Bro Brokeback Mountain was acting wise, story wise, groundbreaking. Uh, it was the first one of the first movies to directly address LGBTQ issues and to be put into the limelight with two very famous uh, actors in Heath Ledger and uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Um, the, the Bro Brokeback Mountain broke barriers. Uh, no pun intended. It was very crucial for the fight against uh, stigma against LGBTQ people. It played a big part in our acceptance uh, of, of gay people. Um, it, it blazed a trail for future movies like uh, Call Me By Your Name, for instance, or Love, Simon, or movies like that about about gay uh, uh, representation for, for gays. And I think that's very important in the same way it is important to represent everybody in cinema. Uh, and I and I in in that optic, uh, I have not seen Brokeback Mountain yet, uh, but I believe in in that optic and in that direction, um, Brokeback Mountain probably should have taken the Oscar that day, uh, and it's a shame it didn't because it truly is a monumental achievement. Ang Lee did great with that film, uh, but anyways, it, it lives on in our hearts. I guess the Oscars are just a trophy. Um, but that said, I don't think Crash is undeserving. I think it's just Crash is not a bad movie. It's it's actually a very good movie. The only the, the thing with Crash is I think it gets flack because of what it was up against. You know, had it been against had it been up against any other movie, it probably um, it probably would have softened the blow. Uh, but the fact that it was up against Brokeback Mountain, and and you can even make a case for a Good Night and Good Luck or Capote or Munich that was also nominated that that year. Uh, I just think I just think Crash was a wrong place, wrong time, and also Crash um, was the the movie Crash was not nominated for anything else in the acting categories. I mean, like Matt Dillon uh, probably should have gotten the nomination for that. He was. Uh, outstanding in in that movie um Sandra Bullock was also great although very short screen time but there were some very good performances in this um and, and none of them got recognized however they did give it best picture so a lot of people saw it as a cop-out uh for you know it's like we're not gonna we're not gonna support the movie that that's about the gay people but we're just just so we seem like good people we're gonna support the movie about racism which is you know I'm happy racism gets addressed but I just feel that year was um was brokeback mountains and ang's and ang lee's year um and and i feel and i and i'm pretty disappointed in that but you know what crash is not a bad movie crash gets a lot of flack but it's 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 far from a bad movie if you are um stopping yourself from watching it just because of the backlash you receive just just stop just forget about all of this uh watch it it's it's a fantastic film um 
yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my impressions, my direct impressions, my notes uh, once I get through this. First of all, I'm just going to go through the Shakespeare and Love notes first uh, in the spirit of doing uh, this order a favor. Um, so, so Shakespeare in Love is a very pretentious movie. If you're uh, if you're one to enjoy period pieces, you might enjoy it more than I did. Uh, but it's the type of movie where hey, you're watching it, and 15 minutes in, you already know which movie you're gonna have to deal with. It's I wouldn't say it's not original, but it's very typical uh, for period pieces. The the, the I, I will say this, however, costumes uh, and and the sets and the script. Uh, are the highlights of this movie so i totally understand all these awards for you know art direction costume design screenplay those are are, are very warranted uh, and i say screenplay because the shakespearean love screenplay is a very shakespearean obviously it has a lot of a lot of old-timey dialogue a lot of of uh, of, of the old way of talking uh, of speaking english but they somehow managed to, to pull all of that off and not confuse anybody which i think is an accomplishment and um and and one that we that we need to celebrate and the fact that they made the script that way for a movie like that makes it more accessible for people who are not necessarily in tune or not really able to understand old-timey english or have a difficulty with that it helps them follow along the movie and in that sense i give it full props i think anybody could follow along with the movie and not get confused whoever you are um so in that sense, they did a really good, uh, did a really good job. And also another thing that I really enjoyed about the script from this movie is, it is structured exactly like a Shakespearean play would be, in the sense that you know where where the the, you know when you learn to to write a text, you know introduction, development, conclusion, you know you can clearly see these things in every text that you read after the, after you learn that. It's the same with it's the same with this. Once you know one like how a Shakespearean play goes or even a Greek tragedy, I guess, how a Greek tragedy plays out on stage, this movie plays out pacing wise the exact same way a play would play out on stage. With so it's it's essentially like a big 3D big budget giant large scale Shakespeare play which is the best compliment I can give this movie, honestly. It really did feel like I was watching a, um, a tragedy. Like a, I, it felt like I was watching a play and um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that part a lot. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow's performance was really good. Uh, obviously, she won a Best Actress award for it, but I think eventually uh, when you look at the pantheon of great Best Actress winners, uh, I don't think she. I don't think she's gonna be remembered that much. I don't. I. I think a lot of people actually don't know she won an Oscar for this. Uh, but she did. She Gwyneth Paltrow is a uh, Oscar winner, Oscar, Oscar winning actress. So um, yeah, I think eventually it's gonna go unnoticed. Uh, she does a good job in it. Don't get me wrong. She does a great uh, British accent, which is not that I can can't say the same about Ben Affleck. But um, he she she does a great job and she she does well. I just think that's. If you look at the others, if you if you compare, once you start comparing, it just doesn't hold up. Um, another thing about this movie is, and, and I felt, um, and I felt kind of distanced from this movie because of it is, pretty much everybody in this movie is an asshole. Like somehow, some way, they're rude. They're you know dicks to someone. They're just not personable. And I and I find, although I understand why it is that way, I find it's very hard for anybody to root 
for anybody and to get invested into for, 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 to get invested into anyone i did not feel a thing for any anyone in that movie like i did not feel bad for um one of the guys when he died i did not feel good when characters got the resolution like it's just very hard to attach yourself to characters um, there are uh, some social issues, though, that were addressed and some things that I learned about that time uh, in uh, in our history that were very interested, uh, venture, very interesting to me and very uh, intriguing. The woman back in the days and uh, until 19 uh, until 19 until 1660, sorry, <laughs> until 19 Jesus, uh, until 1660, women uh, were not allowed. It was illegal for them to be actors. It was allowed. It wasn't allowed for them to, to play in, uh, in to be in plays because it was seen as inappropriate by uh, the uh, clergy. So the Elizabethan theater eventually essentially got condemned by the fucking clergy. So they had prepubescent boys, uh, and and I'm not making any of this up. They they had they had young boys play women in plays where they had where they needed women. They had young boys play them. So you think the Oscars are sexist? Back in the days, it was it was fucking terrible, and um, yeah, I I wouldn't say they're sexist anyway. Um, well, yeah, I guess they are. Greta Gerwig. Um, yeah, so so I guess women, you guys, you 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 girls are allowed to act now. So you know, yay progress. Um, another thing that blew my mind about this movie is they had to make a wager. The, the two main characters had well, the Queen and and, and William Shakespeare had to make a wa- a wager to find out if to bet on if a play could quote unquote capture the essence of true love it just blows my mind like i go to movies today and i or i like i watch a movie at home when i do it it's because i want to feel something i want to feel sad when it's a sad story i want to feel shocked when it's a thriller i want to feel happy when it's in pursuit of happiness i don't know like when it's a feel good movie i want to feel good it's i watch movies to feel things and the very the very fact that they would like display these artistic talents in plays and watch it and not feel anything like to me a, of course a play can convey the or capture the essence of true love it, it, it's a play it's the same way as movies like you can you can understand or feel a certain way because a movie made you feel that way so the fact that they made a bet on if a play could do that just blows my mind it's like today we know it's a fact that yes it could affect our mood it could have you know change our perspective on something art can change our perspective on something and uh and i think i i I guess back then they were just doing art for uh, aesthetics (laughs) i don't know (laughs) it's just it's very weird to me but it's it's pretty cool uh it's pretty cool to take a trip down to take a trip down history that way and see things like that uh, so yeah, it seems like a lot of critics love that movie. This say it was witty, it was sweet, it was all those things. I agree, but I guess it, I guess it, it's just a matter of personal taste in the end. I feel like this is not the worst period piece I've seen. I've seen a lot worse. Uh, it's not my type of movie, but with all of that considered, I still think Saving Private Ryan should have won Best Picture that year. It was so creative. It was so different. Uh, from the other war movies just the first 27 minutes were so gruesome and something that had never seen that had never been seen in movies before uh in that in, in that sense i think saving private ryan should have won that year for crash um 
<laughs> uh, well, I'll st- Crashes is a movie about racism and about um, social uh, inequalities between people from different backgrounds, people from different ethnicities and different races. Um, that's the only thing I knew about the movie coming in. And, uh, and it actually made me laugh in the first scene of the movie where there's an Asian lady and a Mexican cop that are being racist to each other. It's like, that's the first scene of the movie. I knew it was a movie about racism. And there you have the first, like the movie starts. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch a movie about racism. And it's an Asian lady and a Mexican cop screaming at each other because one of them is Asian and the other one's Mexican. It's like, this movie has no subtlety in its message. It's like, I am a racist movie. It, I, not a racist movie. <laughs> I am a movie about racism, should I say. Fuck racism. And it's basically like screaming that from the top of the Empire State Building with a megaphone. It's like, I am a movie that says fuck racism. It's so obvious. That's just a fact. Like, you can't... If you, if you know this movie is about racism, you're gonna... You're not going to be shocked at the beginning of this movie. I was not. I was actually laughing my ass off. Not that. Not because it's, it's funny. It's just because I knew it was, it was about racism. And, and, and there it is screaming at me. Hey, it's about racism. So I, I thought that was really funny. Um, one thing I do understand for this movie and one Oscar that I do understand that they gave to this movie for is uh, the best editing Oscar. I think the editing in that, in that movie is, is flawless. I think it is beautiful beautifully edited um the way they fade in from one image to the other the the way obviously it's it's always hard to juggle a story with um many many characters that eventually come into one uh babel comes to mind uh disconnect from uh henry alex rubin comes to mind that's a really good movie uh that is very similar in a lot of ways um it's it's yes like they're trying to juggle many stories at once and you need a good you, you need good editing to pull that off and this movie has it in spades matt matt dylan sorry matt dylan um absolutely kills it um i will never stop talking about it i think he is the one actor in that movie that stands out um i i i think i saw the movie like two or three weeks ago i'm pretty removed from it at this point but um i'm two or three weeks later and i still don't know how to feel about his character he is so nuanced. He is so, um, and he plays he plays off to it so well. Matt Dillon is a very underrated actor, and I I, th- I think he deserved probably it, it, as much as the movie got flack for for getting all the praise it did. I think Matt Dillon did not get enough praise for this. He was fantastic. Um, it, it's also a movie, uh, strangely enough, that's still relevant today. Uh, the, with everything that's happening in the United States uh, right now, it's been happening for uh, for four years now because of um, because of uh, circumstances that are orange out of a control. Did I say orange? Sorry, it came out. Um, because of those, uh, because of that president, and because of those circumstances, uh, this is a movie that everybody should uh, should watch. Everybody that hasn't seen it in today's world should sit down and 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 give this a watch. I think it would help. If everybody saw this, it would probably help a lot with tolerance and um, and, and anti-racism and anti-xenophobia. And I think it would. I think if everybody ended up thinking like the people in this movie were thinking, like the characters in this movie were thinking, in the end, I think it would. The world would be a much better place. So whenever you have a movie like that, uh, you it's really hard to say it's a it's a bad movie. When when the movie connects in in that way and passes a message 
that and it's able to pass it efficient efficiently like like this movie does i i i don't think it's fair to say that it was undeserving i don't i don't think crash is an undeserving best picture winner i think i think it's worthy of it the only thing is it was in a field that was way too stacked for it to win uh brokeback mountain was probably the most shocking thought-provoking and uh, i guess audacious movie made that year um capote had one of if not the best performance of philip simohoffen's career uh and you can make a really good, uh, fine case for munich or good night and good luck as well so i feel like crash was being put against a uh, very stiff competition and no nobody really expected it to win so i guess that's why people are pissed but you know don't stop yourself from seeing this it's a, it's a fantastic film uh, it's a fun film too it's it's very entertaining and and very efficient in its delivery um and, and i guess the moral is the moral of the story very simple um none of us are perfect we all have prejudice uh and maybe we should just not be dicks to each other you know um so yeah um and 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 it feels that movie feels a lot more like a passion project when when paul haggis says it's a passion project of his makes a lot of sense to me because it feels like a passion project it feels more like actually you know what it feels like it feels like um the passion project of an anti-racism militant group uh than 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 the work it feels like it feels more like the type of movie you would watch in school uh to um sensible to to sensibilize people uh, on on about you know racism and and why it's bad it feels more like a movie like that than than a scorsese movie or a tarantino movie where the filmmaking aspect of it or or the craft is really really put into uh into into the spotlight So, so it's really it's it's a different type it's a different breed and it probably it probably didn't really have a chance against the other powerhouse of movies that it was up against but you know what the reality of it is it won and it really is not a bad movie it's quite the opposite so i i strongly advise everyone to watch um shakespeare in love you know if you're into that type of thing yes watch it absolutely it's one of the best period pieces but um i would not recommend shakespeare in love to everybody i wouldn't even recommend it to my relatives so um you know do whatever you want with that information uh crash however yes absolutely give it a watch it is undeserving of all the um of all the hate it's it it, obviously it isn't anything mind-blowing but it gets a point across and it is a good uh it's good entertainment it's good escapism at the same time so yeah absolutely uh crash is a uh, is something you should go for So that's it. We're out of time this week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for uh, supporting. This was the very first one, very first of many. I plan on doing this until I die. For next time, this was Mr. Sir. You have been entertaining a conversation with me. Thank you. Have a good day.